Hi everyone, are you excited as I am to know what God has in store for us? This is your host Via and welcome to Stand for Truth. Welcome back listeners. I pray that the first episode of the first part of 7 Steps of Salvation gets you interested for the salvation of your souls. These steps I've personally experienced and done. And this has helped me throughout the years I've been walking with Jesus since I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise to you and me, and we will find out more of that later on. So let's do a recap. We've talked about three of the seven steps already. First, we are saved by grace. Second, we are saved by faith. And the third one is saved by confession. If you've missed it, just go to my Instagram account, Stanford Truth, and click the link on the bio to listen to previous episode. So let's go ahead on the fourth step of salvation, which is the very important to understand and practice. It is repentance. So what is repentance? It says here to change one's mind, to turn around, to forsake sin, to make an about face. It's like you're turning to 183 angles towards your back. You're not going straight where you used to be, but you're turning away from your old ways. As we've read in Proverbs 28.13, it says there, He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. So repentance is forsaking, forsaking all the, the, the wrong things that we've done before so that that's what repentance is all about. And it's not enough to merely confess your sins. We must turn from sin to be saved. Like an about face from sin. So what does the Bible say also when it comes to repentance? How, how can we repent? Let's read in um, Psalms chapter 34. Psalms chapter 34, verse 14 and verse 18. Psalms 34, verse 14 says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Verse 18 says, And the Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Also in Psalms 51. Psalms 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. So when we repent, it should be from within. It's not just merely saying, I'm sorry. You must be remorseful of all the sins that you have committed. It when you're feeling guilty of doing something wrong in the eyes of God, that's what repentance is all about. So let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. It says, Therefore, godly sorrow works 
repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world works death. What is godly sorrow? You know, what I understand about godly sorrow, worketh repentance unto salvation, is that once you knew the word of God and it convicts you, that's making you remorseful. You feel like, oh, I'm making God angry. I need to confess. I need to repent because we are pleasing God. But once you please men, it could lead to death because as it says in this verse that the sorrow of the world works death if we if we feel more remorseful towards the people around us we we think of what they will say instead of what god will say it could lead us to death but if we want to be saved our souls we have to ask forgiveness from god and not from men. Amen. And also in Luke chapter 13, verse 3. It says there, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Jesus is speaking in this passage. If we will not repent, we will all likewise perish. Because the time that Jesus started his ministry, and even before he started, John the Baptist is telling everyone, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the same thing with Jesus Christ, when he teach during the, the three years of his uh, ministry here on earth, he's talking about repentance repent repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and in also in luke chapter 5 verse 32 he did not call the righteous but he called the sinners to repentance also in second peter chapter 3 verse 9 says there the lord is not willing that any should perish but all that but that all Come to repentance. Amen. Did you know that heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents? That's in Luke 15 verse 7. That's why if you will just imagine you, when you repent, the whole heaven is rejoicing. And you don't know how many thousands of angels were rejoicing with Christ in heaven. That was glorious. Amen. And also, it's repent, repentance is more than just being sorry for one's sin. Repentance involves a lifestyle, mindset, attitude, adjust, adjustment. Let me say that again. It, is, it involves a lifestyle, mindset, attitude, adjustment. You know, it's so exciting to turn away from the old life of sin and of condemnation. You know, it feels like... Oh, thank God. I'm being redeemed. That kind of feeling when you start repenting because you are lifting up the burdens that you have in your heart. So we must not stop there. We just don't stop on repenting and asking God for forgiveness and being remorseful of what we've done. 
In Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Repent that your sins may be blotted out when time of refreshing comes. We're going to the refreshing time now. So we read in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Then Peter said unto them when they asked him, What shall we do to be saved? And he said, Repent and be baptized every one of you. Amen. So now we, we know that we are saved by grace. We are saved by faith. And faith produces action. That's why we confess. That's the third step. The fourth step is repentance. Now, we are going on the fifth step of salvation, which is baptism. So the fifth step of salvation is we are saved by baptism. What is the definition of baptism? It is to deep plunge or submerge a religious ceremony signifying spiritual purification by immersion in water. In Hebrew term, they call it mikveh, which means Jewish way of cleansing. So it's a way of cleansing. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says, Baptism doth also now saves us. So for those who think that baptism is not necessary for your salvation, the Bible says it does now, it doth now also now saves us. So you cannot do away baptism in the plan of salvation. Also in Mark 16, 16 says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Because there are some, some denominations, so-called of Christians, that believe that baptism is not necessary. But there is um, controversy on the way of baptism. That's why there is a formula in the Bible that says what or how you must baptize people. So what is the scriptural formula for water baptism? In Acts chapter 8 verse 16 says, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 10 48, He commanded them that be, to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Amen. And also chapter, uh, Acts chapter 22 verse 16 says, Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts ten forty three, through his name shall receive sh you shall receive remission of sins. In Luke twenty four forty seven, remissions of sins should be preached in his name. Whose name are we talking about? It's Jesus. So why is so important to use in water baptism in the name of Jesus? Let's read in Acts chapter four verse twelve. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. It says there, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's why it is important, because only in the name of Jesus our sins can be remitted. Amen. And also in Colossians chapter Chapter 3, verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father 
by him. Amen. <coughs> so also in Matthew one twenty one says, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Amen. It's not confusing when you hear the scripture of Matthew twenty eight nineteen, Go ye therefore teach all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. It's not confusing because the apostles who were baptizing in Jesus' name were all there. When Peter stood, when he was asked, what must we do in order to be saved? Because they understand. They understood what, why it, it is so important to use the name of Jesus Christ. Because as it says in Matthew 28, 19, in the name what is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Ghost? That is Jesus. Because uh, when, when uh, Philip asked, show us the Father, he asked Jesus. And Jesus answered him. I'm just paraphrasing. And he answered him, have I, so long, ha have I been so long with you? And you asked, show me the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we've just read about it. It's there, it's, uh, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven we might, we, we might be saved, whereby we must be saved. Amen. <coughs> Sorry. So what is the next step after baptism? As it says in Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions, remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So that's the sixth step of salvation. Amen. So the, seven, the sixth step of salvation is saved by the Holy Spirit. In in John chapter 3, verse 3, when Jesus told to Nicodemus, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus asked Jesus in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered in verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Holy Ghost baptism is very essential and very important in, in being saved. Because there are some people that believe that when they, re, when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they have automatically have the Spirit of God. No. Because as it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, I'll read it to you. It says there. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the, all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared to them cloven, cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
So the evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost is you will speak in tongues. I know I've experienced it. Amen. Amen. So in Romans 8 and 9, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So it's very important to have the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So if you don't have the Spirit of Christ in you, you are none of his. So how do we know if we have received the Spirit of God? I've just said it earlier. You, the evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost is when you speak in tongues. You can read that in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. As it also says in Acts chapter 10, 44, verse 46, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which he believed were astonished, as many as come with Peter, because that on the Gentiles, it's us, also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen, amen. Also, you can read the book of Acts chapter one, 19, verse 1 to 6. Oh, I love this verse. I love this verse. This chapter and verse, it says here, I will just read very quick. Acts 19, verse 1 to 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, which came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, To what? Then were you baptized? And they said to John, they said, to John's baptism. Mm -hmm. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized, rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Amen. That's why it's very important that you are baptized right. You are baptized in Jesus' name and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the last step is saved by endurance. Endurance means the act or quality of or power of withstanding hardship. The state or fact of persevering, continuing existence, and duration. The writer of Hebrew referred the Christian life as a race. As it says in Hebrews 12.1, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. To finish the Christian race, we must keep running and enduring. It is not enough to begin this race by having faith, confessing sin, forsaking sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, and receiving the Holy Spirit. We must continue on with the Lord, continue walking in his word and his spirit. Matthew 10, 22 says, He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Matthew 24, 13 says, He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. In, John, in James 1.12 said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, 
he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised them that love him. Amen. I will read to you a couple of uh, chapters here. It says in Hebrews 2, 1 to 3, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we ne neglect so great salvation? In Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray to me, and I will hearken to you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search me with all your heart. Amen. So this is the seven steps of salvation. I pray that this will, it, it will prick your heart especially at this time that we are in. It is so important to know where we are standing on our, uh, our soul's salvation. We need to do the things that God wants us to do. It is not only merely by believing, as what we've said earlier here in this Bible study. That's why there is seven steps. Without one of each, you cannot you cannot be saved. We cannot be saved. So it is so important for us to practice and do what God has told us to do. For faith without action is dead. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the truth. And I pray, Lord Jesus, O oh God, that the words that has been spoken of today, Lord Jesus, O oh God, will touch the hearts and the ears and the minds of the people that were healed that will hear this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this is the end of the two parts of the first episode of Stand for Truth. I hope and pray that this platform will reach more souls that it could reach in Jesus' name. So stay tuned for more lessons here in Stand for Truth. Be blessed.